This is the Sanctuary LA podcast. We are a real church for real people in the heart of downtown Los Angeles. Yes, and I pray that, that my husband and I are vessels for your glory, that the things that come out of our mouths will breathe life into people and truth into people. And Lord, we don't take this for granted. We know that your presence is here and we want to honor you in what we do today. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So we'll pass it on to the moderators. All right. Our very first question. What are signs of a toxic relationship? All right. We're going to start off pretty like that, huh? Like, okay. (laughs) No, that's good. Um, uh, Everybody say, great question, Chris. Great question. Um, So that's a pretty broad question. I think it's a great question. I'll kind of segue here. Uh, And really, um, that could be so broad. Anybody ever felt like you were in a toxic relationship? Anybody feel like at times it's possible that you brought a little toxin into that relationship? It's okay. We're a real church for real people. Come on, people. It's okay. It's okay uh, to be real, right? Because I would rather be real than be right all the time. Amen. And my wife would rather me be real than try to be right all the time, amen. too. Yes. I heard a wife over there say amen. <laughs> so, so anyway, so toxins really what it is, is, is poison, right? That, that, that what are signs of that? And I would say just to answer it, because this could be a whole message in itself, is that a toxic relationship is where it is one-sided all the time. That is what you call unhealthy. One person giving and the other person taking toxic um or this is another thought too and i'll let my wife answer this as well is where you because sometimes we anybody love people that got some toxins in them right and so sometimes we feel like it's okay for you to poison my life because i love you and that's where the boundaries need to come in and and at times uh what it is is a toxic relationship is when it starts to affect you and bring destruction to your personal life whether that's your finances, your emotions, your physical well-being, your family, your work, things that are part of life ought to be healthy and growing and happy per se is when a relationship begins to pull those things down. That is the sign of a toxic relationship, that it is one-sided. I am being drained. I understand people can be draining at times, but when it's one-sided, that, when, that, when, it's, when it's sucking the life out of you, and you are personally going downhill, it's time to end that relationship. Yeah? That was good. I yeah. don't think I need to add to that. That was yeah. very self-explanatory. Yeah. And if you, yeah, and if you don't mind, let me... Yeah, no, that's good. And let me just read the scripture here real quick, and we'll let him go to the next, um, the next question here. Um, in Psalm, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Psalm 140, verse 1, 2, and 3. It says, Deliver me, O Lord, from evil men, or women. Come on, somebody. Uh, preserve me. No, here we go. This is a good scripture for this. Preserve me from violent men or women. Uh, Verse two, who plan, listen to this, who plan evil things in their hearts. They continually gather together for war. Here we go. Verse three, they sharpen their tongues like a serpent. The poison of asps with a P is under their lips. And so what that is talking about people and how people can, with their words, they can bring a toxin into a relationship. And the psalmist is crying out, God, deliver me from toxic relationships. And we all have an element of toxin at times. Healthy relationships got a little drama too. 
But when it starts to pull you down and you're like, you're going downhill because of another person, that is when you need to start saying, Lord, deliver me from the, this poison. And you, yeah, so, yeah. So you said it's time to end that yeah. relationship. Give yeah. us some practical ways of actually ending it. Do you just ghost on them? Do you have to have yeah. a conversation? Like, how do you do that? Look at your neighbor say, ghost. Tell them ghost. <laughs> ghost. No. no, that's a really good question. And, and sometimes when we think, especially for us, maybe overt kind of um, outward type of personalities, we think boundaries are tell them, define it, have a meeting. But sometimes the way you can create a boundary is, is ghost. You don't have to respond to everything. You don't have to respond to every text. You don't have to respond to every direct message. You don't have to respond to every tag in social media. You'll be surprised what kind of boundaries can happen when you, in a healthy sense, passively don't respond. And, and, and I believe you gotta judge that for yourself, but that is a great question, is how do you do that? I guess it really depends on the relationship because sometimes you may have to, hey, this can't go on. And I believe everybody has a limit. Have you ever had a limit with a relationship where you were like, done? Like you are finito. <laughs> done. That is totally okay. And sometimes it's a conversation and sometimes it is not a conversation. It is just, I'm going to move on. And I am not going to respond. I, I'm going to let, I'm going to, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing and let this thing fall off you know so okay how stuff. do you build sorry no, it's good stuff no. i'm just go on go on no, go ahead. He, he are we doing okay so far you guys are we okay he said you guys are good we okay, okay. <laughs> he answered all the questions so far so no that's good so this one's for that you crystal girl yeah, this oh, was for you babe. this one's for you so how do you build trust in a relationship that has caused you hurt Ooh. <laughs> anybody been hurt by a relationship was it somebody in this room? No, I'm just kidding. Don't Stop. tell me. Stop. Stop. He's Come so on. rude. Um, I think we've all been there where um, there's been broken trust in a relationship. Um, and it goes back to some of what you were saying. You have to decide if this is a relationship that's worth salvaging or if it's not. Is this a relationship that I really want I want to see this one grow, I want to see this one develop, then you have to take the steps required to build trust again. And the other party has to be on the same page. You can't just be trying to build trust on your own and it's a relationship where it's supposed to be an equal exchange. Um, both parties have to be on the same page when it comes to a broken trust issue. Because both of you are responsible for getting past that broken trust. So from the jump, if you're not on the same page about building trust and what those boundaries and benchmarks should be, then you might need to reevaluate whether this is a relationship that you want to rebuild or if it's something that you have to take a step back from. Because if the other person is not on the same page, you will, it will be a very lonely relationship with you wanting something more than the person is able to give you. We all know what that feels like, where, where you're wanting something more in the other person, whether they choose not to or they're just not able to, to be that for you, that is okay. We have to come to a place where we realize that not every relationship is going to work and not every relationship is good for you or the other person. 
And you have to be okay and have to be willing to walk away and trust that the Lord is going to either, one, um, bring other people into your life that will be able to fulfill certain things in your life that will be in equal exchange, or two, um, go through a process of restoration with the Lord on your own and let him heal you. Because sometimes that other person is just not there. And neither are you. And you can't expect that of them. So you got to really, one of these, like one of the main things as we're talking about relationships, there has to be an element of self-awareness. You have to be real with where you are in life, who you are, what you need to grow in, where you need to develop. Because if you're not real with yourself, you are not going to grow either. If you know that this is how I am and this is an area where I need to grow, this is, I'm just not good at this, that is the start to growing. But if you are in relationships and you're just like, oh, I'm good, I'm, it's always me that's getting hurt and I'm not doing anything, it's always these other people, you will never grow. You have to be real with yourself. Where are you really? Are you really the person um, that is not bringing toxicity to a relationship? We all bring a little toxin. So you got to evaluate yourself and really be honest with yourself so then you can grow and you can be healthy and then pour into other people in a healthy way. Okay, so you mentioned that not all relationships are good for you. Um, as a Christian, it can feel hard to make friends without being too picky about their personal and spiritual lives. How do you navigate that? I would say um, that if, if I'm being picky, then I got a religious issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not your responsibility <laughs> so, to judge somebody so, else's walk with I got the Lord. Enough, I mean, if I go evaluate myself in my closet with Jesus, I'd be like, man, I don't need to be picking other people apart because <laughs> I'm working some stuff out it's myself. It's true. It's true. Because you know what? I think, too, um, as you're walking through life, you realize everybody is at different stages in life. That's why I said you got to be self-aware. Context. Who am I? To sit there and pick apart somebody else's walk and judge if, if, oh, are they going to be a good friend to me? Well, they they don't pray every day or they're not at church worshiping the Lord or I saw them on a Friday night doing this. And I'm like, who am I to sit here and judge you and judge you and judge you and say, you're not good enough to be my friend? Yeah, just keep looking for healthy. How about that? Find something you, you don't find, have to pick apart. Yeah, and, and look, for the, look for the qualities in a friend. Yeah. Look for what you, what you would want in, for yourself. Be that. Be that to somebody else. Yeah. And That's see good. how your relationships grow. See how they develop. But it's not, yes, you need to be wise about who you let into your inner circle. Not everybody knows all of my personal private business. Not everybody needs to know. And I don't have any ways about telling people, no, you don't need to know that. That's okay. This is, the, this is the context of our relationship. It may grow beyond this, but right now this is the reality of what it is. And yes, you have to set boundaries with your personal life. If you know that there are certain people you can't be around because it doesn't bring out the best in you, then don't be around them. Make that choice. Does it mean that sometimes you might be by yourself? Yes. That is the reality of life. You will bless you. 
you will be by yourself sometimes. But remember, you always got Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is always there. He will yeah. never leave you nor forsake you. And that is not just a cliche. That yeah. is the truth. Yeah. When on. you need Jesus, he is right there and he is always there. Right. So you got to remember good. that and not think about it like, oh, I don't need to hear somebody telling me that Jesus is always there. Well, he is. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Okay, you're talking about boundaries. How do you build boundaries for friendships where they aren't, where they're not a believer, but you are? Okay, so as far as building boundaries um, with, let's say, that do, they don't share my faith, my lifestyle, and how, you know, I would say in Christ, it is not, um, it is more, uh, being a Christian is being. It's, you know, the Bible doesn't say go and witness, it says be one. So I know we like, in church where we're like, let's go witness and hand out tracts and knock on doors. Let's go do the thing. But Which really the, cool. the Bible, yeah. It's cool to yeah, do that. No, nothing so. wrong with that. But, but the Bible does say that I will, you know, you will be a witness. And so if you're you in Christ, your sanctified self and what God's called you to be, I guarantee you, you being you in God creates boundaries without you trying yeah. to. Because I just, there's certain things I do, there's certain things I don't do. And so with that, you know, and uh, I think one of the other questions we were reading was about kind of, I have friends at work and they know that I'm a person of faith, I'm a Christian, and that doesn't come up, is that okay, you know, kind of thing, that, 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 that topic of discussion. Well, it will, and it's not about Eventually. breaking somebody down theologically, uh, that's not relationship, right? But I guarantee you, you continue to be that city set on a hill that can't be hit. You continue to be a genuine person before God and others, whether they're saved or not. And, and that is the context for the relationship. Yeah. Um, I have plenty of friends that aren't saved. My wife just had lunch yesterday with a friend of hers from work that isn't going to church. And, and so it's not like, oh, Crystal Gale, did you fall into sin because you had lunch <laughs> with somebody that isn't church? Like the were you, was you out there, you know, throwing it back? Or what was you doing yesterday, Crystal Gale? Uh, we, did not have, we did not have that question at home. I said, how was your lunch? Oh, it was good, you know. We just, I, was, I wasn't like thinking, oh, Lord. That's so crazy. My wife is doing heathenistic things, wicked, wi wickednesses. Wicked, wicked. On a Saturday night, oh, Lord. Now, I get it like that. There may be a certain person where they're at and where you're at in the Lord that they do drag you into a certain space mm -hmm. that, that you're weak in. And that's where you got to, you know, that's where you say, yeah, man, I'm, I'll see you at work tomorrow morning. Yeah. You know, like, amen. So, yeah. And just to add to that, um, I don't make friends. I don't. Being a Christian is not a prerequisite for being my friend. Um. Yes, it's important that you want to have friends who share your faith because our faith is the core of who we are. And there are some friends in my life, good friends, friends I've had for years who are not serving the Lord, but they know who I am, what I'm about. But we are friends because we have common interests. We're friends because we like the same things. We, we um, are interested in the same things. And we can have good conversation about life things. But if I'm in the middle of a situation, I'm not calling them about certain things. 
because they are not the ones who are going to tell me the truth of the word that I need to hear. So you have to be wise um, with who you're friends with. But being a Christian is not a prerequisite for being my friend. If I like you, we get on well and and we can have a good time and laugh together, we're going to be friends. Christian or no, no Christian. Eventually, I hope that you come into the knowledge of knowing what I know. And I hope that you see in my life what Jesus is doing and it creates a desire in you for more of that. But I'm not going to say, are you a Christian? We can't be friends if you're not. You go to church and say, no, we can't be friends. Nope. Nope. Sorry. Nope. Come back next, next year when you decide to walk with Jesus. Touch not the unclean like, thing. <laughs> you can't, because you know what? People are people. You will connect with people. And what causes a deeper connection is your faith because that is part of who you are. That is a part of your identity. So obviously, when somebody can connect with me on an identity level, we're going to be able to go deeper. But for people that I can connect with just because of life, we're just good friends, we can hang out, we can talk about things, um, we're just not going to go deeper. And that's okay. You, just because you connect with a person really well doesn't mean that you have to talk about deep life, faith, drama things with that person. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you have to be wise in, in who you bring close and who you don't. You have to be wise in who, um, who is going to be um, in certain areas of, of your life, who is going to have access to certain areas of your life. You have to be wise about those things and um, really proactively make decisions that will bring the right people into your circle. And if you're not used to having the right people into your circle, start picking people you would never hang out with and bring them a little closer if they're so different from you. Because sometimes those are the people that will develop the, the most things in you because they are so different. And they're, they're going to start, you're going to start to see things in, in your own life where you can begin to develop as a person because they are so different from you. They'll frustrate you, but they'll love you. You know what I mean? That's good. Okay, you mentioned earlier uh, being ju judgmental, but let's say your friend has fallen into sin. What do you do about that situation? Do you point it out or do you turn a blind eye? How about we define falling into sin? What does that mean exactly? Yeah, give us a clear, give I us have an a, example. A coworker's yeah. friend um, was having an affair. So she came to me and asked me, what do I do? Do I need to call her out on it? Or do I just need to just have her figure it out? I, I, it depends on the relationship. Um, because, like, let me, no, this is good. Um, hold on, hold on. I got this, I got this babe. No. <laughs> no, but it, it all depends on the relationship. Uh, and that's a, it's a good question because have, have question. you known anybody that just maybe a friend, somebody close to you that just kind of really fell off per se? Can I say that? I don't mean to be offensive. I just, they might've just, man, they're over the deep end or they've went back into something like, oh man. And so I, my wife and I kind of, were, we were talking and praying about this last night a little bit, um, that it all depends on where that person's at. If that person comes to me, says, I messed up, Sean, man, I messed up. I, that, 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 that's a different context. We're going to talk. I'm going to pray. We're gonna, but there are times, and this is my experience, maybe as a pastor or just as a, somebody in the church world and living life for the Lord and stuff, is that sometimes I've seen people like serving the Lord and they fall back into some stuff, right? They go back to Egypt, if you will, and it gets worse or whatever. And that's 
that's hard to, I'll be honest with you, that's hard to approach because they're not coming to say, man, help, I need, but you could just tell it's different. They're like super like hard. It's like, man, so sometimes I am not trying to religiously break somebody down. If there is no, if they don't give me an En-ROAD, I'm here, I'm praying for them, but I'm not gonna force my way when somebody is so far out, I'm not gonna control them, I'm not gonna try to control them. Um, if that relationship's at a certain place where they'll hear and listen, it's like, it's like casting your pearls before swine, in a sense, right? So to answer the question, it really depends, because I've, I've seen both sides where I've just had to let go, pray, and, and I'm not rejecting them or dissing them, there's, there's a pretty hard wall there and, I, and, and I've had to, I'm learning how do I personally walk through something when somebody is so far out, they're not trying to hear, they're just, they're, just, they're just doing their thing and it's way far beyond where we were at one point and I, I have to process that. But I'll tell you what I won't do. I will not religiously uh, beat them over the head with my Bible because it could potentially make it worse. And that's what religious people did. You look at scripture, they would find somebody in their sin and they would literally stone them to death. And I'm not gonna throw religious stones at somebody. Love and truth, it just depends. If, if I don't have an open door, then I walk through that with care. And if you do have an open door, if this is a good friend, I would be like, are you crazy? Yeah. Because <laughs> they need I am that. gonna yeah. tell, I am gonna yeah. speak to them like, I would want somebody to speak to me in the middle of my craziness. I would be like, you know who you have at home, right? What is going on? I would want to get to the root of it. If, uh, we're talking about context of relationship yeah. here. Now, if this is somebody that I have that relationship with, I would call them out on it because I would want them to call me out on my craziness. If I were in the middle of something, I would want them to, to jack me up for a second and be like, Listen to me. How can I help you? What is going on? Let's get to the root of this. If there's some issues, let's walk through this. But I'm not going to let you sit there and destroy your life That's because good. you want to, to have a moment of pleasure. I'm not going to let you go down that road. You are too good a friend of mine for me to sit here and keep my mouth shut and watch you go down a path of destruction. And as I'm watching you go, I'm sitting there hoping something's gonna happen. No, hoping is great, but sometimes you gotta open your mouth and you gotta say something. And it is possible to talk to that person um, in love because they know if this is the type of relationship you have with them, they know that you're coming at them with love. That only people, think of your mother and how your mother, God bless moms, how they'll tell you the truth whether you wanna hear it or not. <laughs> They will love you unconditionally in the middle of everything. Your mom will love you. Talk back to her, she'll still love you. She might slap you, but she'll still love you. You know what I mean? I want to be that friend for someone. I want someone to be that friend for me. It's good. So yes, if you fall into sin and if it's specifically to that type of situation, then yes, I would say something. I would, of course, bathe it and cover it with love. Um, be like, I love you, I love you too much to see you do this, and I'm gonna tell you the truth. You might hate me in the moment, but you will know at the end of all of this that I love you. 
and you're gonna hear the truth from me, whether you want to hear it or not. Let's get this thing, let's get to the root of this and let's deal with it. It's good. All right, well, we're gonna transition a little bit into dating, so all y'all single folk pull out your notebooks. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Sean, yeah. what's the difference between dating and courting? Dating and courting. Anybody ever heard the term, the term courting? Yeah, okay, all the church folks, yeah. I grew up in church. <laughs> That's what my mama told me when I was 16. So. Uh, no, but uh, just, I mean, dating, uh, I know it, sometimes some people, it gets a bad rap. There's a famous book out there by Joshua Harris called I Kiss Dating Goodbye, and I'm not saying that that's... that's let's not talk about yeah, that Yeah, let's book. not talk about that book. No, I'm just kidding. It's, it's, it's a good book. Anybody read that book? I mean, it's a, it's a good perspective. So I would say, like, in our culture, you know, dating is just part of our culture. Whether you're saved or not, Christian or not, dating is in Western culture. In other cultures, it doesn't exist. Even outside a Christian context, dating is not part of other cultures. It's a, it's a Westernized um, thing, I, I, you know, for the most part. So, so with that said, what is the difference? I would say this right now. As a Christian, um, dating is different from a worldly perspective because as a Christian, when, if, when dating is part of that, we think or should think that a little more serious about it because dating does not lead to sex in a Christian relationship. Yeah, I got one amen on that one. <laughs> so in the world, dating is just where you start before sex per se. It's that sex comes before marriage in a worldly context most of the time. You know what I'm saying? So when Christians date, it's a little more serious because I'm not dating to eventually get in this person's pants, all right? Uh, that's going to come after the wedding or the marriage, right? And so... And so with that, that from a worldly, a worldly perspective is dating is step one, sex potentially step two, or sometimes sex is step one. Let me have sex first and see if I want to date this person. From a Christian perspective, we value the person more than the pleasure we will get from that person. So pleasure comes after commitment. So that, that, that's, that, that, that's Christian, that's, that's Bible, right? That I, and I'm not saying like, oh, I already messed up, Pastor Sean. I think we all messed up one way or another. But as a Christian, like our series next month is Rethink. We're going to talk about a Christian perspective in our minds and the Bible and being renewed, being transformed by the renewing of your mind. We're going to go into that. Because it's one thing, Pastor Jay told me this. I had lunch with him the, uh, Friday, and he was like, man, it's, it's a trip. At being a pastor, he was telling me, he was saying, to get somebody out of Egypt's one thing to help them get into the promised land, whole different story. You know, that's a whole different process. I mean, even for us, right? So, so with that said, you know, uh, I'm going to read this scripture here, and then I'll let my wife answer, or we can ask the next question. So Ephesians 5, verse 3 says this. It says, but fornication, or fornication in the Bible, what that is is any kind of sex outside of marriage called fornication. It's where you get the word pornography. It's the Greek word pornos, which means any sexual act outside of the covenant of marriage okay so but fornication and all uncleanness and many times when it talks about fornication it always couples it with a, it doesn't always but there's another reference i believe in colossians where it couples fornication with uncleanness so you're inviting uncleanness into your life so once again but fornication and uncleanness or covetousness 
let it not even be a named among you as is fitting for saints. So if, so if you're dating somebody and they want to have sex before marriage, they don't fit. It's not fitting for me as a believer, okay? And so that is, I know I went a little deeper than dating. It's but, quiet. But, 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 but dating as a Christian. Now, I understand. I know once you get a Christian, it's like, okay, let's date. Let's get married so I can do this thing. Now, and honestly, there is a scriptural premise. Hey, it's better to marry than burn. But, somebody's like, that's but. right. Uh, but, but that isn't the only reason you marry this person is so that you don't burn. It is part of it. It is part. There's a scripture for that. But if you're just burning like, let me get married, I'm telling you, marriage is a little more than the physical stuff you do. <laughs> There's a whole lot more to marriage. So, but, so, so dating to a believer is much more serious. And courting is an old term they use where it wasn't dating. It was like, I'm going to sit in the courtroom and I'm going to let this person, I'm going to see how genuine they are. I'm going to sit them in the witness stand and testify of the, how genuine they are. We're not signing a document yet. Courting is before you sign the marriage document. So you can make a decision before signing that. So you evaluate the situation and the person before you sign the document. Does that make sense? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Is that too much for y'all? You guys okay? Everybody's okay, you guys, quiet. you guys still, you can come to church? Uh, you coming to midweek on Wednesday? <laughs> <laughs> So it's not fitting for a saint. Look at your neighbor and say, hello, saint. It's not fitting for a saint to have sexual activity outside of marriage. And, and there's goes, others. Yeah. yeah, and that goes back to dating and courting. So the difference between dating and courting is that courting is with the intention of something more than just the physical act. Dating ends with the physical act yeah. in a lot of cases. Not always, yeah. but in a lot of cases, there isn't that primary thought where you put the person first as opposed to the physical element. So that's the difference between dating and courting. Yeah, and so we might say dating like me and my wife dated. I, I mean, I know that term's kind of old school, so it's not like, oh, we're courting. I get, it can kind of be kind of weird. It doesn't quite. I don't know what, what it's called nowadays. Yeah, but we just, uh, we just, we were dating, okay? But I was we really courting. I was not, <laughs> you know, we don't, you know, I'm talking to single folks here. Don't play games with yourself yeah. or that other person. Like this is uh, you're setting yourself up, it, when and, you do it, that. And, and it's no joke, right? Like so, when we, because we have desires, right? I have needs, right? And, and it so. creates an emotional bond that sometimes you can't. We're, I mean, it leads to soul ties. So we're gonna talk a little bit about soul ties, but um, just as an example, I remember before meeting my husband. Um, can you define uh, that really quickly before your example? What is a soul tie? And then tell us your example. Yeah, like, okay. So in the Bible, it talks about how David and Jonathan <laughs> had a soul tie. They were tied at the soul. That was a healthy soul tie. But there, you can get connected to somebody emotionally. And then you got to get healed of that. And you go get connected to another one. <laughs> and I'm not even talking about sex. You, you can have a soul tie, yeah. emotional bond with the opposite sex. And those aren't meant to be broken. So when they are... It's healing, yeah. It hurts, and you got to get healed now, and then we go do it again. That's why dating again. is not the best course of action because when you're bouncing around from person to person to person, With no and you give all of yourself in every relationship that you're a part of, 
it's it think about the process to heal after that when it doesn't work out the way you're thinking it's going to work out mm -hmm. then it's this process of healing and you're like oh and then to go and do that again think of think of the the amount of emotional pull and and stress and and pain it causes you like it's not god's best for you yep and just the example i was going to use before meeting him um there was there was this other guy and um Fun nothing <laughs> can i tell my story please this is my story. Thank you. Um, so there was this other guy, and um, we were never, <laughs> we were never, like, we had talked about marriage. We had talked about the future. We had talked about things that we probably shouldn't have talked about because there was never any commitment on either end. We never were never officially in a relationship. And I remember some stuff went down and that was a whole relational mess where girlfriends involved, like it was drama. When I say drama, it was drama. And um, uh, I, I remember calling my best friend and this is the best friend who then introduced me to him, but I remember calling, calling her and I couldn't believe how hurt I was by it. Because in my mind, I was thinking, oh, well, we're not in a relationship and we're okay. We're kind of getting to know each other and stuff. But I was deeper in than I thought I was emotionally. Yeah, you don't so know until you get out how yeah, deep you are. And so when that. things ended, I don't think I had, I had never cried over a man, never. And I, rem I was on the phone with my friend and I started to cry and it was like a deep cry. And it was only in that moment that I realized I was more emotionally vested in this than I thought I was. I didn't know that the, the, the care I had for this person went so deep. And it was really painful. And it made me think I had a soul tie with this person and I didn't even realize it. So fast forward, um, not even like a couple months later. So we're gonna talk about time to heal and all that kind of stuff, but not even a couple months later, um, I was visiting my friend, my same best friend, and she told me she had somebody she wanted me to meet. And uh, people joke, people laugh when I tell them this, but I was on a man sabbatical. After that drama went down, I was like, I don't have time for this. Like, I'm not trying to, um, to wound myself again. I'm not trying to put myself in a position like that again. I'm gonna focus on what I wanna focus on. I'm gonna focus on my career, do my stuff, handle my business. So she's like, I have somebody I want you to meet. I was like, no, I don't want to meet him. But she had already invited him. And some of you have heard this story where he was working hard because I was not giving him the time of day because I was like, I just came out of drama. I'm not trying to introduce new drama. I don't care if my best friend introduced you. I don't care if you go to church every day, pray to the Lord every day, have a relationship with Jesus, have a job. I don't care. I am not giving you the time of day. Now you know and what her list was. <laughs> and I I, 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 I met everyone and some. Uh, so I, I it's okay was, to have a list, ladies. Get yes, your list it is. out. It is. Get your little checklist out. But um, 
that's why I don't even know if he knew the whole background story, but that's why I, it, I was giving him such a hard time because I was like, I'm not trying to entertain another relationship where I'm going to experience the pain that I just came out of. And that is why we tell you that is a soul tie. Sometimes it's not about the physical. It's about the emotional that you pour into it. And you have to be wise about what you're pouring out in a relationship. What is being poured into you in a relationship? What are the promises that are coming out of the other person's mouth? And do they have the ability to back up those promises they're telling you? And if they don't, you have to be wise enough to shut it down. Quick and hard. Let me tell you something. Bad relationships, bad things in your life, it's like gangrene. And I use this as an example. Gangrene, when it gets too bad, you got to cut that thing off. You cut it off so it doesn't infect the rest of your body. It's the same thing with toxic relationships. To the left, the longer you keep them in your life, the more infected your life is going to become, the more sick you're going to become, and you got to deal with those things ruthlessly, ruthlessly. So you can save yourself in the process. So you don't go down with the smoke with everybody else going, you're not going down. Yep. And sometimes it, it requires a painful decision. And you gotta be able to be, put on your, your big girl panties and make that decision. Like, I am not going down that road. This is gonna hurt right now, but I'm looking to my future. I'm looking to the future I'm gonna have with, uh, I'm talking to women now, with the man I'm gonna marry. I wanna come into this marriage, not with all this baggage. I wanna come in here whole, so I can bring some value into this relationship. And the same goes for the men, but I'm talking to the ladies. Ladies, you know what I'm talking about. When you meet somebody, don't imagine yourself in a wedding dress on the first date. Oh, you just with bowling. Ba- with just babies and, and a white picket fence. Just bowling. Pizza. Just. Some iced tea. Get your little catch funnel yourself. cake. Come on. Watch yourself. Catch your imaginations. Shut it down. Reality in, check. Yeah, yeah. Remember, I'm just going out yeah. for some coffee. Yeah. That and, is yeah. all it is. Yeah. Coffee. Don't put any expectations on him. Because he hasn't said anything. And if he hasn't said anything, you just leave it. Because a man who knows what he wants will go after what he wants. And he will pursue it until he gets it. And if that's you, he will come after you with everything. Yeah. So if he's kind of waffling, you better kick that man to the curb and find yeah. somebody else who's going to yep. value you. Yep. Anyway. Yep. You're you not went that down needy. a little rabbit trail there. You are it's not good. that needy. No. Especially in Christ, you aren't that that's needy. Good. No. Don't let the devil. You aren't that needy. You don't need him that bad. Mm-mm. I know. I know. I know. I'm preaching good Sorry, here. You got to stir it up. We start talking about relationships. Yeah. You know, you're, you're all right. Ladies. So, anyway, go ahead. What are Next some question. red flags for dating? Uh, red red flags. flags for dating. Uh, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> well, um, I, 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 before I met Chris, I was in a relationship with uh, a girl. We were dating. Um, and I noticed that, um, and it was really my fault. I got into a relationship with somebody that really wasn't like, they, they were kind of fresh in the Lord in church and stuff. And so we started dating pretty quick and 
um, I don't believe she was ready for a relationship. Um, and says, I don't believe she was no, ready but, no, for but a relationship. Obviously, I went there, so yeah. I'm not, it's not all her. Uh -huh. I'm just saying, but, um, <laughs> but what I noticed a red flag was for me is that I went into it for the novelty of a relationship. Like I said before, like it's a little more serious, and I didn't go into it like that. I just went into it like, look, we're kind of checking each other out in church. Okay, let's do this. It wasn't, I wasn't, there wasn't uh, uh, an in intentionality to it. Uh, it was just more like, oh, this will fulfill a little emotional need for me for a minute. And uh, I wasn't trying to do anything wrong or bad, and I don't believe she was either. But, uh, but looking back, I can see the red flag that I really shouldn't have done it. I shouldn't have walked through that because of the reason I was walking into it. And there's obvious red flags. I think we see those red flags. One, a couple things to observe and look at is um, in, 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 when you're wanting to date or is, is a red flag. It might not be a red flag, it's just observation. Do they have relationships with the same sex? Do they have healthy relationships? Is there consistency in their life? Or have they been part of 10 churches over the last six months? Yeah. And, and it's like, oh, are they no, bouncing around? Like, you know, yeah. uh, that's consistency, I'm telling you, is huge. It is. Because you're marrying the rhythm of that person's life, and they could look good and got it going on and got the personality. And, eat, you know, if they've had five jobs in the last three months, I mean, not that that's a bad, they might just be in that, that might not be something you want in covenant with now. And so, just I, I, you know, look at consistency. Look at their patterns. You know, look patterns. At um, yeah. Like how do they? How does you know their, their their life? The rhythm of their life. Do they have something going? <laughs> you know. Uh, or are you all they got? Because that is a red flag. Yeah. Because if you're their savior, that you know, and 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 you're just and sometimes another red flag. If somebody's and if you're if you're if they're, you're catching them off the board rebound and and they're in a down spot well once they get back up to where they need to be that relationship potentially could be over at that point because they're just catching you on a rebound or you're catching them so yeah good so you said for the ladies don't picture yourself in a wedding dress but let's say the relationship is going well you know the sky is blue few months Sky's in blue. how do you know when it's the flowers are prettier hey things get better when you find <laughs> the one but how do you when is too soon to start delving in the conversation of marriage that is a great question that's a Thank very you. good question that's a very good question because i don't know if we have a straight answer for that one but no there isn't a yeah, straight yeah. answer for that's that a great one question. but it it's something um, to think about though it is yeah it is because i think we i mean we'll always refer to our own relationship as a point of reference but what's important um is that the people in your life the people you have in your circle have access full access to anybody else you're bringing into your life. So when I first met him, um, uh, he, was, he was ready to like jump all in and like, let me come meet your family, let me come do this. I was like, you need to slow your roll. My family doesn't even know about you, let alone coming to like my big family Christmas event. I'm like, you're not coming to Christmas dinner. Like, it's just not gonna happen, but putting the brakes on you have to be self-aware but what was important to me was that he was able to come into my inner circle and I could get um, feedback 
from people who have my best interests at heart, people who aren't looking at the situation through rose-colored glasses or whatever. Like, I, I brought him specifically into a family. We had a baby shower that was, it was a baby, sh it was a um, meet and greet for him posing as a baby shower. Like, we had a baby shower and said, everybody come and to the baby shower. And all these people were grilling We're me. I'm like, I thought this was a baby shower. <laughs> It's like you're gonna meet this guy at the baby oh, shower. All taking turns. So like it was that intentional for yeah. me because I knew that I had people in my life who would see things that I didn't see, who would speak truth to me in ways that I needed to hear it and would tell me if I'm going off the rails here, like no, 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 this guy is not gonna work. Um, and what's interesting is in the people before him, um, even that guy I was telling you about, I had family who was like, mm -mm. don't do it. And yeah. it's not that we ever did anything, but their warnings were always in my mind. And looking back, had I heeded them a little more um, efficiently, I might have saved myself, because I thought I was in a good place, because we weren't actually in a relationship, but we were talking about deep relationship things that we should not have been talking about because there was no commitment, there was no mm -hmm. promise of anything, mm -hmm. and we let it go too far. Mm -hmm. So it's really important that you invite those people into your circle because then they can help you realize if this is something you want to move forward with. I don't even know when we started talking about marriage, but when he eventually came, I did. he I basically did. told my parents, like, I'm not playing games. Like, we're... I'm, I have a purpose and a plan here. I plan to marry your daughter. We just don't know when yet, but I plan to marry her. That is the type of man you want, who has a plan. He's not just messing around with your emotions and saying, oh, maybe, let's just see how it goes. That's a lie. He knows. He knows, he knows, he knows, he knows, he knows. And if he's telling you he doesn't know, he's lying period. Because the thing is, a good man and a man of God is all about, um, one, putting God first. And when the Lord is first in his life, he understands how important, what the role he plays in a relationship is and how important it is. And when he understands how important it is, he will set the tone for the relationship he will set the benchmarks where it's like, I am taking you down this path. This is where we're going. He will be very clear and very intentional about where it's going. So, because women have a tendency to, to imagine and to wonder and to wander in their minds. But if it's a good man and a man of intention and purpose and whose priority is to please the Lord, pleasing the Lord means that he values the people who are in his life and he treats you with the love and respect that you deserve, mm -hmm. he will be very clear about where he's taking you emotionally, where he's taking you physically, and where he's taking you in terms of getting a ring on the finger. He is gonna be very clear about that. And if he's not very clear about that, you need to evaluate it, especially depending on how long you've been in relationship, like a month in, mm, I don't know about that. There's some things you need to see these people in certain contexts. You can't just only see them at church on Sunday and think, oh, they're just perfect. And you don't see them in their work environment, don't see them around their friends, don't see them around their family. You're not going to get a full understanding of who this person is. And that's not just for a romantic relationship. That's for friendships, too. 
Like what, who are the, who are the people that this person is the closest to? What are they like? What are their rela the relationships in their lives like? Mm -hmm. And am I gonna bring value to their life? Are they gonna bring value to mine? Is this gonna be an equal exchange here? Am I gonna give? Because keep in mind too, we're talking about relationships, not just romantic relationships, but relationships in general. And um, we have to be um, conscious about um, what we're bringing in, but also I, I had a point. I was going down a road here, and I just lost it for a second. But um, the people you bring into your life have to know um, what you're about. You have to know what they're about. And you have to know that this is something that I want to invest in. And there will be seasons in relationships as well where you may be a giver more in the relationship just because this person may be going through some stuff so you find that you're giving a lot but that season shouldn't last forever mm -hmm. it should transition because if good. that friend isn't able to step up when you need it then you need to start evaluating yeah. okay. is this the person i want in my circle like seasons there's seasons of relationships yeah. where there are times where i've gone months sometimes without talking to some of my people i would consider really good friends mm -hmm. But it's not that we don't love each other, that we don't care for each other. It's just that the season of life that we're in, it's just different. Mm -hmm. It's a transition. That's what mm -hmm. happens with growth. You transition, you change, you grow. And with that, your relationships transition, change, and they grow. Amen. Let's stand to our feet here. We're going to uh, close out. You guys get something out of this? Thank you for listening to the Sanctuary LA podcast. Tune in again next week and stay awesome and be blessed.